Hey everyone, welcome back to our New Life Men's Podcast. I want to play the audio from a recent Men's Business and Leadership Summit that we hosted at New Life uh, on December 7th. And it was such a great morning. The room was full of businessmen and leaders in our community. And we had some really uh, rich conversations about some important topics like business and faith and the kingdom of God and business and, and what's the connection there. And uh, so I want to play for you the, the sessions that we held at the recent summit. And uh, the format for the morning is we would have a speaker uh, tackle a topic, and then the men at the tables would have time to process that content together. Then it went to the next session, uh, back to the tables for more processing. And then at the end of the morning, we closed by having a panel of sages. These are uh, experienced men, men who have logged a lot of miles in business. And uh, they just imparted wisdom on different topics. So the, the whole morning was was really powerful. And I want to share it for you here on the New Life Men's Podcast. So for the first session, Melton Vandermeer was the speaker. Melton uh, moved to the U.S. in 2018 from South Africa, and he's currently the pastor of local outreach at New Life. Uh, but before he arrived uh, to the U.S., he has a lot of experience in, in business. And uh, in fact, he created business curriculum and content for the largest private education provider in Africa and several other international companies. He owned a number of private schools in Africa with a business and healthcare focus, and he also practiced as a business development coach. And so uh, the, the idea of the kingdom of God and business is a deep passion, and I think you're going to enjoy what he, what he had to share. So enjoy the first session. This is Melton Vandermeer. Thank you very much for this morning. I'm excited to be here and excited to see businessmen in one room. And uh, I do have the conviction that God wants to use businessmen more than any other time, than this time. Because we have the ability to reach people that the church not necessarily have the ability to reach. Um, but before we start, I want to ask you a question. How many of you know that exercise is good for us? How many of you exercise more than four times a week? Okay, a little bit less, good. How many of you know that you should probably lose a few pounds? Okay, how many of you are actively doing that? A little bit less, okay, good, good. How many of you know that 12 roses on a Friday for your wife will mean a lot for your marriage? How many of you do that every week? Oh my goodness, no hands. How many of you know that you shouldn't have taken that second fuzzy's burrito, but you did? The point I'm trying to make, I think there's a lot of things we know, but we not necessarily do. And I hope this morning, and what I'm going to speak about, it might not be something that you did not know. But my prayer is this morning that, that what we share this morning will move you into action. That because of what we speak this morning and what we say this morning, that, that it will not just be more knowledge, but it will really hit you in the gut. And my prayer is that you will do business differently that you would think about your business differently. You will act differently. You will think differently because of what we're going to share this morning. So it will be a turnaround for you in your business. And I like the word that Gabe used, alignment. And when I think of the word alignment, I think of a big ship. It, doesn't, it takes a time for a big ship to change direction. But when it has changed direction, it's pretty on course. It's not difficult to get it 
off course. And I hope that this morning, that is exactly what, what will happen. So, good morning. Um, I think for me, the big question is, and the fact of life is that 100% of us were called to ministry. That God has called each one of us to ministry or to go and make disciples, the Great Commission. 100% of us, that is our calling and that is what God expects from us. But here's the issue. Less than 1% of you will ever become a pastor. Are you glad about that? That leaves 99% of people somewhere that says, I will probably not be in full-time ministry, but yet I know that I have the calling and the mission to go and make disciples. The Great Commission is still applicable to me, but I will never be a full-time pastor. 99% of people is in that space. And some people describe it in terms of the seven mountains of society. We have media, we have business, we have government. But for the sake of this morning, I only want to divide it into two worlds, if I can put it like that. Number one, the non-profit world and the profit world. For most of us, we'll work in the profit world. And if it wasn't for the profit world, the non-profit world will probably not exist. So the people in the profit world have a very important part to play. And that's where most of us will play our parts. So hence the question, what does ministry look like in the profit world? How do I live out my purpose and my calling? The same calling that a pastor will have is the same calling that you will have within the prophet world, but how does that look like? How do I live my purpose within the prophet world? And that is what we're going to look at this morning. And I hope this morning you'll have some tools, and I actually hope this morning that I will create more questions than answers. Because as we create questions, it means you're asking deeper and you're asking deeper, and you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you exactly how he wants to use your business. So I hope that you get out this morning with just, ah, I think I'm confused. Let me go and find answers. And I think then we would have had a good time together. There's an interesting story in the Bible in uh, Matthew 19, verse 20, and you can read it on your own time. It's about a man that comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And the Bible describes this person as a very wealthy person. And Jesus answers him and says, well, this is what you need to do. And he actually refers him back to the Ten Commandments. He says, you shall not steal, you shall not do this, you shall not do this, you should love the Lord your God. And then the answer of this young man or this rich man says, but Lord, what? I have obeyed these things without fail. And when I read that portion of Scripture, in my mind... That's the end of the conversation. If you go to God and you say, Jesus, or you go to Jesus, what do I do to have eternal life? And Jesus tells you, hey, just check these boxes, and you check the boxes. Shouldn't he have said, great, thank you, I'm on my way. You just confirmed, I'm going to have eternal life. But still, he asks another question as if there was a void. And he says, what else do I lack? And I think for many Christian businessmen, this is the same question. The question is not, do you love Christ? The question is not, do you go to church? The question is not, do you read your Bible and pray every day? But you're in business, and sometimes you have this, this yearning of, of what you say, Lord, what else? What else can I do through my business to advance your kingdom? How can I live out my purpose? How can I live out my calling within what I do, what you've called me to be? And that is to be a business person. 
So we see in Scripture, and I want to latch onto this story, and we want to look and answer the question of what else. If we, so this is my topic, how to develop a purpose-driven business through your unique design. Because I believe if you can come to a place where you have developed your business with purpose, and that purpose is to, to advance God's kingdom through your unique design, because it would look different. That would answer the question of what else do I lack? And that God will give you a piece of fulfillment that you will not get when you're in church on a Sunday. That when you go out and you do business as you should do business, you will feel that lack just dwindling down because you're exactly where God wants you to be. Um, as, an, as an immigrant, uh, we are working with a lawyer to help us just... Uh, finish the process to get here. I do think it's easier to go to Mexico, jump over the fence and come back, but we've not done it like that. Um, so I was on Google and just prayed, Lord, who, who do we need to use as a lawyer? So I met the lawyer for the first time, and as they were going to submit our papers, we were at the desk and I said, uh, can we just pray over these papers? And you should have seen the face of the lawyer. Um, said, well, we, we not normally do this, but you're welcome. Thank you. So, I mean, I laid my hands on the paper, blessed it, blessed Trump, blessed everybody down the line. We send in our papers. So, these things take a few months. So, we've built a relationship, and at some point there was sickness in the family, which I prayed for. We've been to the office quite a few times. There were some files that came back, and I said, let's pray for these files. Just we'll pray that it will go smooth. And the last time that we were there, I said, let's pray again, just over my papers. It's the next phase. And after I finished, the lawyer said, can I pray as well? I said, you're welcome. Maybe prayed three sentences, but it was a breakthrough for me. And, and I realized that, yes, it's about immigration, but it's not about immigration. That God has sent me to somebody I would have probably never met if it wasn't for immigration process. And I tell you as a businessman, you'll meet suppliers, you'll meet customers, you'll meet people that will probably never put their foot in church. You have people that work for you five days a week, eight to ten hours a day that you can influence with the gospel. Yes, do you need to do good business? Sure. Do you need to make sure you make a good profit? Yes. Because all your best intentions will not work if you do not do good business. And that's what you need to do. That's what God's called you to. But there's a place of ministry that you can engage in that most of us can never do. If we look at the word sin... None of us wants to sin, but in, 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 in the Bible, in the Greek context, when you look at the word sin, it says, sin is to miss the mark. So if I pull it back to our discussion this morning, if we say God has a specific purpose and a specific plan for your business, you do not want to miss that purpose. You do not want to miss that plan. You do not want to sin and miss the mark. And the, the picture of this is an archer that actually aims towards a certain target and God expects us to hit the target of life, that purpose which is created for us. And I want to use some of that Im imagery this morning to just describe to you what I believe a business purpose should be like and how your alignment in the process should look like. Oh, that was supposed to flow in one by one. Okay, let's use this one. So there's, a, there's, a few, there's a few things. Yeah, let's do this one. I think there's a few things that we look at at business. Number one, and it's on your right-hand side, 
what is God's intent or God's will for a business? We need to ask that question. If I say I do business, what am I working towards? Question number one. And I think that answer to that should be our businesses should be God-centered. Everything is about God. My business, my finances, my marriage, my children, my life, everything is about God. So number one, if you want to have a purpose-driven business, your business should be God-centered. And we need to find out and discuss what is God's intent for our businesses. The other part, and which is the arrow part, there's three parts in that, and the way to the left is the, the fletching or the, the feathers. The feathers determine direction for the arrow. If the, if the feathers is bent, the arrow will never hit the target. But when the feathers or the fletching is straight and you aim correctly, you will hit the target. And I want to use the analogy that I believe the fletching is you and your unique design. You are the business owner. Your influence, your decisions, the way you make decisions will determine the course of your business. So if you are straight, if you know who you are in Christ and what he's called you to be, you can aim the arrow in the right direction. And the word that I want to use there is that our identity in Christ for business owners should be covenant-inspired. You should know who you are, what does sonship mean for you, what does it mean to do business as a son, what does it mean to be in covenant with God, and while I have this covenant, I do business. It's a whole different story than doing business as an orphan, having nobody to relate to, having nobody to go to, but having a father that's for you and having a father that's with you that has locked a covenant with you, if that's our premises for doing business, I tell you we'll do business in a whole other way. Because we're in covenant with God. So you as a person need to be covenant inspired. The second thing is the shaft. If the shaft is loose or floppy, it will still not hit the target. And that for me is your business practices. What are the principles, principle-driven business practices that will make sure that you do good business? There is nothing wrong with good profit. In fact, God says, I have given you the ability to create wealth. The other scripture says, I will teach you to profit. Why will God say this if he doesn't mean it? The problem is profit become the end result instead of the tool that God wants to use. If you have that wrong, you have it wrong. But to have tools, to have a lot of tools, to have plenty of tools, nothing wrong. God inspires us as businessmen to say, go, I'll teach you to make profit. I have given you the power to create wealth. Go for it, because if you have that, you have tools for this arrow to shoot into the target. And that is what God wants us to do. The last piece is the arrow piece. And if you look back in, in ancient warfare, the, the, the piece in the front, the, the sharp piece, had different functions. It looked differently. I mean, the way you shoot a deer is not the same arrow you're going to use to shoot into a tree. And that, for me, is your specific business purpose. How, wh why, do you why is your business on the corner it's, it is? Why are you doing this specific business? Why are you in that industry that you are in? And what is the, the social aspect that you're going to target in your business to change? And those arrows, when it hits the target of God's purpose, I think you have a great alignment. And I really think we can have success in our purpose and in our destiny for what God has called us to. So I've, I've played around with, with some scripture and some words. And 
If you look at the target piece, what do we want to hit? And that's irrespective of the business that you're in. That's irrespective of the industry that you're in. What are we aiming towards as business people? I believe in the following sentence. It says, to exponentially expand God's kingdom, and it, it comes out of the story of the 10 men that got uh, talents, and God expected them to just increase it. So to exponentially expand God's kingdom as stewards, not as owners, because nothing that we have, it's God-centered, so nothing that we have belongs to us. But God will give us something to steward over. So to exponentially expand God's kingdom as stewards through people and prophets. God is about people. The, the word tells us that I have loved the world so much that I have sent my son. Was it for the stuff of the world or was it for the people of the world? God so much the people of the world that he gave his only son. And we need to exponentially expand God's kingdom as stewards through people. And God will give you people. As we've said, there are people in your business that God has given to you. There are people that you will work with in, in your supply chain or just in doing business that God will entrust and make you responsible. And the second thing is through profits. We need profits to make this engine work. Best intentions without profits is a dead business. And God wants us to have profits. And then I think the thing that we miss out while enjoying business is a personal blessing. God has blessed you with a business because he wants you to enjoy it. That's your skill set. That's your character. That's what you dream about. And, and God has not thrown you into business to frustrate you. God has not thrown you into business to irritate you and say, you'll work this thing until I come. As his son, uh, he as your father has created an assignment and a purpose, and then he created you with certain insight and concepts and ideas to do this assignment because it fits who you are. And your business is your lane. You need to function in your lane. You need to enjoy it. So I believe, irrespective of what business we have, this is where God is sending us to. Can you come to a place where you say, my business is aimed at this target. I want to exponentially expand God's kingdom as a steward through people and prophets while enjoying business as a personal blessing. Here's some questions, and I said I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. You, as the, as the covenant-inspired business owner, who are you? What's your identity in Christ? What does sonship look like for you? How will sonship play out within your business? And make sure that you can define and be clear upon your own purpose of what you believe God has called you to be. In terms of the, the shaft, what are some of those good business practices that you know is relevant to your industry that will make good business sense? What are those, those oops, I'm sorry. What are some of the values and what are some of your core beliefs when it comes to your business to make sure that your, your shaft is strong and it will not break when you hit the target? And then lastly, establishing your own business purpose. What area of society or social issue will you focus on to establish God's kingdom? Maybe God has called you for a social issue and said, I want you to invest in this issue. I want you to take this piece of the city or this area of the city or this place of the city and make sure that your business efforts also go into that place to establish God's kingdom. I want to close out with a, a story, and most of us know the story of the Good Samaritan. 
And there's a number of role players in, in the story of the Good Samaritan. Number one is the traveler that was robbed and was laying at the side. And then Scripture tells us it was a priest that just walked by. That's the second role player. And then he said it was a Levite that walked by. And then it was a Good Samaritan that walked by. This person actually picked him up. But I think sometimes we stop the story there and we miss a big piece. The, 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 the Samaritan took this traveler to a certain place and it was called the inn. He took this place to a place of business. And it was in this place of business that healing happened for this person. What if the innkeeper said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm low on cash flow. I cannot take him in. I'm sorry, I'm not having a good month. I need you to pay me in advance. Remember, this was before photo IDs, email, phone calls. Where do I send the invoice to? But the innkeeper said, you know what, I will take care of this person as long as it's required. And it was the business person in the inn that was directly responsible for the healing of the traveler. And I'm telling you, I have a desire for business people to take that motto and that purpose and say, through my business, I will make sure that the city is healed. I will make sure that my employees is healed. I will make sure that my suppliers are healed. And doesn't matter what it takes, my inn will be the place of healing. And if we can do that, I promise you that will be for me local outreach and true city transformation. Thank you.